Well, welcome, everybody. Good to see so many beautiful faces today just in this place. So glad to just be able to speak to you for a few minutes. My daughter the other day was asking me, um, Daddy, what have you learned the most in your first 50 years? And I told her, I said, I'm learning about love. I'm learning how to receive love, and I'm learning how to give love. And I'm learning the context of what functional godly love really looks like. So I want to just talk about that for just a few minutes this morning um, on what I'm titling Restoring Glory. We've been in a build series, you know, as we've been looking at Jesus building the church, right? We're just to steward the keys of the kingdom. He's the one building the church. And um, we wanted to move out of September into October to focus on building others. And I want to kind of take a little bit different angle this morning. I challenged you the last time I spoke to know the names of the eight neighbors around you so that we can love them effectively, begin to build relationship. But I want to talk to us today as the church, the followers of Jesus Christ, and give us some instruction as it relates to building others what may seem like indirectly. You remember Jesus when he was talking in John chapter 13, verse 35, he says, listen, the whole world is going to know that you are my disciples by what? The love that we have for one another. So a key to unlocking building others up in the world is loving each other in the body of Christ. Isn't that profound? There's a verse that I just wanted to to use as my primary passage this morning out of Galatians chapter 6 verse 10. And look at this. I love verses like this because they use some pretty radical words. And here's what he says. He says, take advantage of every opportunity. That's an extreme word, isn't it? Take advantage of every opportunity that's giving you To bless others, look at this, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. Something very powerful that's released as we as believers love one another. There's something released, I believe, in the earth as we do this, as we model this. It's a cultural value of the kingdom. You know, values at the end of the day are what drive vision. I mean, we can talk about transformed people, transforming culture all day long, but unless we are aligned with kingdom values that will drive that vision, we will never see the fulfillment of what's inside of our heart. Do you believe that? So here at the harbor, we have five simple values that we've given our lives to. Faith, we want to see the kingdom expanded. Integrity, we want to we manifest spirit and truth ministry in the earth relationship, which is what we're going to focus on today, and then excellence, seeing a culture of heaven in an earthly construct. But relationship, I believe, is the key to all of it. And I want to just look at this definition that we, that, we, that we have here that we're really going for in our culture, and it's this. It's cultivating a family, team, environment of liberty, transparency, preference, service, and honor. Now, here's what I want to do. I just want to pause right now on the word environment because, you see, environments are what we're trying to shape. How many of you know you go into to, to rough places in the world, places that are broken up, that have t- tremendous dysfunction, and you can feel the effect of the darkness over that environment? 
So it's all about the environment that we're trying to build. And I really believe this. We are going for here at the harbor both a multicultural and multi-generational family team environment. This is very important, multicultural. First of all, how many of you know that the Bible says that standing before the throne of God, there were those from every nation under heaven. How many of you know God values culture? God values people groups. We're not all trying to be around people that look and act like us. We live in a multicultural region, and that's why we are trying to shape a family team environment that is multicultural. This is the song that's going to be sung in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9, as the scrolls are open. Jesus gave his life for the nations. He gave his life for people groups in the earth. And then secondly, it's going to be a multi-generational environment. Now, I had to look up a scripture that gave some backing to the hair that I now wear in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 31. But look at what it says. It says, gray hair is a crown of glory. And it is gained by living a godly life. So in a nation, in a culture that doesn't give much value to age, we want to be a church that creates a family team environment that honors those who have lived some life. At the same time, we're always reaching out to the next generation. If we don't get the next generation, we lose our tomorrow. And so in 1 Timothy, Paul told his young protege, he says, don't let anybody in chapter 4, verse 12, think less of you because you are young. But be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. So it's this kind of family team environment that we're building, multicultural and multi-generational. But it's one of these things, liberty, transparency, preference, service, and honor. And briefly, I just want to touch on those, and then I want to end with honor, and we'll just close out our meeting today with that. But liberty, I want you to think about this. So we build this environment. We're not trying to build an environment that's built on fear, manipulation, or control. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so there's a reason for liberty in our midst. At the end of the day, love is only love when you choose it. And God is wanting to build a construct in a local church where we are manifesting the fruit of God out of a response to his love. Out of a response to his love. First John says it this way. He says, for such love has no fear because perfect love has cast out all fear. How about transparency? How beautiful would it be to be completely authentic with nothing hidden as believers? Paul, with a father heart, he said this. Because see, here's the thing. If we're not following the first one, which is a, a building a, a culture around a spirit of the love of God, cast out all fear, then shame and condemnation has its way, and we can't be authentic. We won't be authentic, right? Because we think, if you knew me, if you really knew what was going on in the, on the inside of me and the things I'm struggling with, how could you ever love me? Listen, knowing our team, knowing our leadership, knowing believers far and wide, 
Everybody is walking through stuff. And God is bringing redemption to that stuff. And we need to engage with one another in authentic ways where there is nothing hidden. Paul said to his church in Corinth, he said, I'm asking you to respond, to open up your heart. In a culture, by the way, back then where he was living, that was shut down. Everybody was shut down. No one was opening up their heart. And it was a tremendously broken culture. He said, I'm asking you to respond as if you were my own children. It was awesome today just having my kids here with me, you know, Jesse and Luke and Juan and Savannah and just being able to have them lead worship. But the greatest thing that I would desire as a father with them is to have connection and their hearts to be open to me as their dad. That's the, that's the greatest thing. And that's the heart of God for us and the heart of God for us with each other. To be open like little children in our hearts to one another. Preference. This is a powerful one. What would it look like if we lived our lives to prefer one another. Philippians says this, let nothing, again, an extreme word, nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each other esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not for your own interests, but for the interests of others. So I was looking up this word esteem, and it literally means to lead. So it doesn't mean that other people are better than you or you're trying to make yourself a doormat. It actually means this. It means lead others into a place of greatness beyond where you have gone. That is the kingdom of God, is to take the greatness that he's manifest in our life and let the ceiling of that become the floor of the next person that you lead and give it away to. If we're not doing that, we are insecure in some form or fashion. God wants to see things go from glory to glory to glory. You see, the reason I called this message Restoring Glory is that was what was stripped from humanity. You see, when we cast out all fear and we begin to love, we're taking back the glory that was meant to shine upon mankind. When we become transparent and nothing no longer is hidden because we've conquered shame, condemnation, and all that stuff, we're taking back the glory of God on the earth that is rightly ours. When we prefer other people, when we lead others into greater places than we've ever walked, we're taking back the glory of God. Service, an atmosphere of service. Wow, what if our heart was to constantly wash the feet of everybody else around us. To serve rather than to be served. Look what First Peter says. He says, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Now, take that down for a minute. We are all about, you know, man, the gifts of God, the gifts of God in our life and the talents of God in our life. And, and all the stuff that the Lord has deposited in us. But what's the reason for those gifts? Look what he says. He says, use them well to serve one another. 
It's not to build our ministries. It's not to, to, to make ourselves look good or get amens and applauses from other people. It's to build up everybody else that we give our gifts away to. That's the heart of God. We don't, we don't live in some, come on, we got to break out of this pop culture Christianity bubble that's going on right now. This is not about our next level of promotion or any of that kind of stuff. It's about loving the world. It's about loving the body of Christ. It's about taking back what has been stolen from humanity. It's about taking the gifts and deposits of God in our life and seeing other people begin to come alive out of those things. Come on, the fruit of our lives would be how many people did we impact with the gifts of God that he gave us to give away? I love it. I love, I love looking at the ministry of Jesus. I mean, he wasn't famous. He didn't own a home. He, you know, but man, the lives that he, that he impacted with the gifts of Father that was on his life changed the whole world. This is what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give and serve others with the things that have been put into our lives. The last one, honor. In the New Testament, whenever you see the word glory, it's the word doxa in the Greek, which literally means honor. It means honor, respect, distinction. Now, I saw this verse in Revelation chapter 21, verse 26, where it says, and all the nations, meaning every single color, Every single ethnicity, every single language, every single socioeconomic status people on the earth, all of these people will bring their glory and their honor into the city of God. Glory and honor. Now, we know the verse that says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But how do we we look at that verse? Do we understand? Do Do we understand what happened when God created all the nations, all of humanity? He put upon them his glory. He put upon them dignity, respect, distinction, beauty. Upon every single person that was ever created in the history of the earth, this is God's intent to put glory upon humanity. At the fall, it took that beautiful thing that was meant for every person to walk in and stripped it from humanity. This is why Jesus was like, Father, I've got to go. I've got to go down. I've got to see. He was carrying all these values. It was a relational reality. He would have came for one person. He was going after the hearts of those that were missing out on the Father's original intent. And he said, I'm going to go and I'm going to give my life. I'm going to give my gifts away. I'm going to serve. I'm going I'm to honor people. I'm going to go and I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to restore the glory that was meant for mankind on the earth. Just like that beautiful young woman that went into Brooklyn, taking her gifts and her talents to see kids 
and their lives impacted by her love. What's powerful in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21, I close with this. Look what he says. He said, through Christ, you have come to trust in God. What would it look like if every single one of us trusted in God with every single fabric in our entire being? He said, you have come to trust in God because of Jesus. And you have placed your faith and hope in God. Why? Because God raised him from the dead. Look at this with me in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 21. You have placed your faith and hope in God because he has raised him from the dead and given him great glory. I don't know if you're able to pull this up for me, but it's 1 Peter 1.21, New Living. Wow. Here's the thing. The Bible says that Jesus was the firstborn of what? Many brethren. So what God gave him, because he was raised up out of the grave. You see, death, hell, sin, sickness, brokenness, dysfunction, had no longer any power over Jesus. He took it all upon himself, and then the power of the resurrection life came upon Christ, and he raised himself from the dead. And as he was raised, the Father gave him great glory, great honor, great distinction, great esteem again. Come on, we got to think about the life of Jesus. He was, he was falsely accused he was beaten he was bruised he was he was punished unjustly and he took it all upon himself knowing that at the end of the day for the joy that was set before him he endured this reality because he knew when he was raised and seated at a place of honor that all of the nations would be in that place one day as well. Yesterday, some of our team, we were supporting Nida, who's one of our young adult leaders. Her mom just passed away. And she's from Haiti originally. And parents have pastored a church here locally for 30 plus years, I think 36 years. And there was over 1,000 people from the Haitian community that came out. And God just immersed me right into that beautiful culture on Saturday morning. And it was so powerful for me because I'm sitting there in the midst of all that was going on. And I began to see glimpses of God's heart in a way that I'd never seen it for the people of Haiti. I've been there many times, traveled there with Samuel. We've taken teams down there after the earthquake and always felt the 
passion of God's heart for that people. But in that moment on Saturday, I was like, God, you are restoring the glory of the Lord over Haitian people in this moment. And then as soon as I thought that thought, I started thinking about Puerto Ricans and Latin Americans and people in China, people in Africa, people in our own nation that have suffered tremendous injustice, that have lived under brokenness in the earth for way too long, people sitting in this very room, and I'm like, God, would you come and awaken us through the culture of relationship? Would you do something in our own hearts where we can love ourselves? Because see, the work is finished. We're not waiting on anything else for Jesus to do, for us to come into the fullness of what we're to possess in the earth right now. Do you realize that? And that's why when we love other people in the midst of the community of the redeemed and we give our gifts away to them, when we serve them, when we love them, when we see them lifted up, something on the earth is advancing. Come on, church. Come on, church. Something on the earth is advancing that can never be stopped. My prayer this morning, as I reach the 50-year mark in life is that I and our body and our community and all the people that we run with would have eyes to see the glory of God that is being restored on the earth in humanity, in youth, in middle-aged people, in old people. My wife is working, you guys know this, at, at at a senior care center, and man, Dignity. The enemy is trying to strip them of their dignity at the end of their life, and it's not right. People suffering sickness and disease and being undignified at the end of their life, it's not right. I remember when Wendy and I were praying for a lady in the harbor that was at the end of her life, and man, I could just see the enemy trying to just take from her something in those moments. I remember just praying saying words like this, you are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. You are so beautiful. Because I wanted to change that atmosphere. So let's bring this home to us today. Would you close your eyes just for a minute? When you when you look in the mirror at yourself, what do you see? Do you see the beauty of Jesus? Do you see the honor and the dignity and the esteem as one who has been created in this beautiful image? Do you see the gifts of God that are inside of your life? If you're in any way measuring yourself by what you've done or you do or you are supposed to do or you're living on some some performance reality, Lord, would you break that off of every life here this morning in Jesus' name? Would you let them see their value and their worth foundationally by the fact that they've been made in the image of of you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that is so amazing to me. And will we rise up in that love, all self-hatred, leaving this room right now in Jesus' name.
being able to open up a heart like a child again to the Father who created them. Authenticity, Holy Spirit, in this moment. Could you just invite that? Come on. Come, Spirit of authenticity. No more hiddenness. No more isolation. No more loneliness. Come, Jesus. Look at me for just a minute as we leave. When we get that, then we're all in process. Let's go and love someone else in our midst and give away everything that we have. And then go back and get some more and give more away. Let's be people who are known we are, the world will know. We won't have to put any billboards out. We won't need a social media marketing campaign. We won't. They will come. They will be drawn like never before. As our ministry teams come forward, you know, maybe there's someone here this morning that you've never known the love of Jesus. You didn't even know that that was possible for you. Well, like I said earlier, if it was just for you, he would have came. We want to introduce you to him. We want you to come and pray with us after. and Tell us your story. Tell us your journey and where you find yourself thus far. And, and let us have conversation with you about this beautiful one who came and gave his life for all of humanity. Maybe there's something in the message that I gave today that you're feeling inspired to just take this love and start within the body of Christ and spread it all around. It's your mark. It's the calling on your life. If you've got stuff going on in your heart, in your body, in your soul that you just need specific ministry for, we're here to pray for you as well. Would you stand up all over this room? And as we leave, we're going to have the, the cupcakes. I think like when I didn't even know they were doing the cupcakes. We already prayed over them. They're fat-free and sugar-free in Jesus' name. It's awesome. It's amazing. A miracle. Transubstantiation happening in the lobby with those cupcakes. Amazing. But thanks for all the love. Thank you for your support and your love for the first 50. And let's, let's, let's do some more life together. Amen? It's going to be a good time. So we love you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your redemption. Thank you for your beautiful glory that's being poured out on the earth. Thank you that it's available to all peoples. No one, no one is overlooked in this process. God, give us eyes to see those that you want us to speak to, that you want us to encourage, that you want us to give ourselves away to, Lord, as we go about our week and our day. Thank you for every human heart in this room that God has been given influence, spaces within culture to express your love to other people. We just say, God, you are so, 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 so good. Can we just give Jesus a few hands clap as we leave this place?
Amen, amen. Come on. 